Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the podcast. So this is the time of year where we are suggesting a lot of our clients and people we talk to, business owners in general, uh, to sit down and do some tax planning. See where you think you're going to finish the year at, kind of project out your business income, uh, where you expect to kind of finish things at now that we're about eight months through the year. We got about four months left here as we're recording this at the beginning of September. Um, And so we thought we would do a two-part series on kind of tax planning, tax strategies to kind of coincide a lot of those conversations right now and make sure everybody understands the tax side of the business. Now, we're not going to get super deep here. Don't worry. I'm not going to sit here and just talk taxes for uh, for two episodes uh, and try to bore you, but I want to give you some really specific relevant information that you can take and hopefully implement into your business. Maybe make some changes, maybe be a little bit more proactive. That's one thing we really try to focus on with our clients is being proactive in the tax side of their business. Taxes should not be a reactive thing that you file next March or April and you're surprised, right? Um, We wanna be very proactive with this. That's why we like doing tax planning around now. And then again, at the very end of the year, sometime in November to kind of make those last minute decisions um, with 30, 45 days left in the year. Um, And then also you're in the know on what to expect next spring. Again, that should never be a surprise for you guys. And so we thought we'd kind of take this episode and kind of talk a little bit about that. So in this first episode, we're gonna talk about one of the biggest tax advantages that might make sense for you as a business owner, and that's an S corporation. Uh, And so we're going to dive into what is an S corporation, when should you elect to become one, uh, and if you are one, what is kind of the differences that you need to know on how things are handled kind of on the finances and the the tax and accounting side of things, Um, because there's a little bit of some differences between like an LLC and an S corporation and how you handle some stuff. So if you're not an S corporation, this is a great episode to kind of give you some insight on on when and why you should maybe become one at some point in the coming years. Uh, And if you are one or recently are one, uh, you know, or recently elected to become one, this can be some great information to make sure you're acting as you should be as an S corporation in case you haven't had some guidance and expertise on that. So I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. So right off the bat, let's talk a little bit about what is an S corporation. Um, What an S corporation is for business owners is you are an LLC. So you have your your LLC filed through the state that you live in, reside in, operate in, um, but you are being taxed as an S corporation. Uh, So it doesn't change the the legal entity of your business. You are still an LLC. Uh, You still have that protection. You still have everything with that, but you are electing to be taxed as an S corporation. Um, And really the the, all you have to do in order to do this is file a form with the IRS um, to elect to become an S corporation they will approve it and then you're good to go. So it's a very simple process. doesn't take very long. Uh, you may be able to do it yourself or have an accountant or somebody that you work with, your bookkeeper, CPA, file this for you if it makes sense. Uh, have that conversation with them. But it's very easy to do. Um, you have to have an LLC first. So if you do not 
have an LLC, you're a sole proprietor, you must have an LLC in order to file as an S corporation. Um, we're not going to talk the difference between S corporations, C corporations. Those are two totally different things. Uh, and again, if you have questions, talk to a business attorney, talk to somebody locally, um, you know, and then kind of give you some guidance on what makes sense for you. Um, but as far as an S corporation goes, really what it does is it separates you from the business completely. Um, electing to file as an S corporation, uh, the, the, your business is no longer just on your personal tax return. Uh, the net income at the end of the year will still flow through to your personal tax return, but it does it completely separates you from your business. And in doing so, you are now an employee of your business. That's kind of how this the, the mindset works and what you should know going into this is that when you elect to file as an S corporation, you now become an employee of the business. And by doing that, you must pay yourself what's deemed a reasonable salary by the IRS. Um, this is going to vary based on what your role is, what your time involvement is. You have to be able to justify it um, because what it does is it saves money on self-employment taxes. That's the whole goal of this. By filing as an S corporation, all of the net income at the end of the year on your profit and loss, you will not get charged self-employment tax on that. Okay, and that's where the tax savings come into it comes into it, and I'll explain kind of you know the benchmarks here in a second when we start having this conversation with people when it makes sense. Um, but just to give you kind of a good understanding, like I said, an S corporation completely separates you personally from your business. You are actually now an employee of the business. Um, in, in that case, like I said, you must pay yourself a salary through payroll. This is a huge red flag to the IRS. If you are, if you've elected to file as an S corporation and you are not paying yourself a salary through payroll, this is a huge red flag and you need to get on that immediately. Um, so just, there's a little caveat for everybody listening to this. If you're an S corporation, you're not paying yourself through payroll get on that, change that immediately, talk to your bookkeeper, CPA, accountant, um, and get that changed tomorrow uh, because it's super important because the IRS, what they can do is they can actually revoke your S corporation status if you're not operating as one. This is really one of the biggest things, right? There's not a whole lot of other layers. There's a couple things we need to handle differently that we'll talk through, um, but this is one of the biggest things that you just have to make sure you're operating appropriately with. Um, when should you consider becoming an S corporation? So for most business owners, blanket statement here for you guys, it is when your net income of your business is about 60 to $70,000 or more, you know, year over year, and you're expecting it to stay there or continue to grow. Um, that is the point. We typically say if you're, you know, say you're, you're going to finish maybe 50 to 60,000 this year, it's really worth the conversation because if you're expecting that to grow next year, then it may make sense to file it at the end of the year to start next year. Um, but if you're 60 to $70,000 in net income of the business that's flowing through to your personal tax return, at that point, that's when it really starts making a little bit of sense to make this switch to an S corporation. If you are at $100,000 or more, uh, definitely should probably make that switch. Um, again, everything's case by case specific. Uh, again, if you're having just a crazy year and then you're you know expecting to cut back next year for some reason, then you know that could be a different story. Um, but if you're 60 to $70,000 or more a year in net income, it makes sense to start exploring that options. Um, as far as you know how to handle and what the deadlines are, um, this form has to be filed by you know, you can file it at any point to start next year, right? You can file it right now and say, hey, we're going to start January 1st, 2024 as an S corporation. It's easiest to do this at, at the beginning or, you know, end of the year, right? Just a fresh set of books for the year um, for the tax changes, right? Because things are going to change a little bit and how that gets handled. You have until March 15th 
to file it for the current year. So if you're listening to this episode and it's already January 15th of 2024, it's okay. You can still file for 2024. You have until March 15th for it to go retroactive back to January 1st. If you're listening to this here in September, October, and you are just having a crazy year and it might make sense to save you a lot of taxes, you can elect to file as of right now. Um, it gets a little bit complicated because then you have to keep, you know, like a, a, a record of books from January 1st through now um, as a regular, you know, sole proprietor LLC. And then a second set of books for the S corporation. Really, it's just running separate reports on QuickBooks and takes a little bit more time when filing your taxes next year. But if you're making a lot of money this year um, it, or expecting to make a lot of money these last few months of the year, it could still make sense. For the most part, we recommend just starting fresh at the beginning of the year. But if you're really expecting to have a crazy next four months, three months, whenever you're listening to this, um, it could be worth a conversation to talk to your bookkeeper, accountant, CPA, um, and say, hey, like, is this worth the, the extra time and headache and maybe some added expenses in dealing with these two sets of books to make the switch right now? So you can always do it. It's just most ideal to do it at the beginning of the year. So if it's something you want to do, file it now to start in January, make it super easy. Um, like I said, that the whole goal of an S corporation is you are going to save self-employment taxes on the net income of your business. Now, by paying yourself through payroll, you will pay employer taxes on whatever your salary is, right? So you're going to get a little bit of you know extra taxes paid there. Um, but you also have taxes withheld from your check now, so that will kind of mess uh, not mess up, but change what you have to make for estimated tax payments because you will have some withholdings on your salary throughout the year. Um, for most painting contractors listening to this, kind of that reasonable salary um, tends to be for the most business owners. Thirty-six thousand to fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year. I know it's kind of a broad range. Um, somebody that doesn't maybe only works twenty hours a week in their business. They got a lot of systems in place. You know, certain things like that. You can kind of really justify that thirty-six thousand. Um, I wouldn't go any lower than that by any means. Um, but you know, again, that's kind of a range. Most business owners, I can just say this, like kind of the average for most of our clients, it's right at about $50,000 a year. Um, you know, it's kind of what we consider a reasonable salary for somebody that's full-time business owner, um, you know, in their business. But again, if you're, if you're not working as much, you can justify less. You just need to kind of document and have a plan for that. Should the IRS ever decide to reach out, um, and say, Hey, why are, you know, why is your salary what it is? Um, it's probably a good idea. It's, you know, really to, to, determine what is a reasonable salary. It's what would you pay somebody to like do your job, whatever your roles and responsibilities are in your company, what would you pay somebody to step in and, and do those roles and responsibilities? So um, I want to spend the rest of the episode here talking a little bit about some of the differences in how you operate with an S corporation compared to an LLC. Um, and again, these are good things to know if you've recently become an S corporation to make sure you're handling all this correctly. If you're not, it's okay. Let's just chat about it and get on the right path. Again, talk to your whoever you work with on the tax side of your business and make sure things are being handled right. Um, if you haven't made the switch yet, these are just some things to keep in mind uh, and be aware of. Come back and revisit this episode when you do make that election. Um, number one, mileage log. So mileage log, uh, and again, uh, a mileage log is made for owner owned vehicles that are being used for business purposes. Okay. Um, if your company owns the title and the vehicle and the loan and all that stuff, then you don't keep a mileage log. You write off all your gas and your, um, wear and tear your expenses, anything related to that vehicle. Um, but if you are an owner 
owned vehicle, or if you have an owner owned vehicle that is used for business purposes, so your name is personally on the title, um, the loan, any of that type of stuff, mileage logs are a great way to, you know, take a tax deduction for your business. It's 65 and a half cents per mile driven here this year in 2023. It fluctuates around a little bit every year. This is the highest it's been in the 13 years I've been in the, the entrepreneurial space, um, thanks to inflation and rising cost and gas and all that stuff. Who knows what it'll be in 2024, but right now it's 65 and a half cents per mile driven. Um, with an LLC, you get to keep a log of that. You know, say you drive 10,000 miles throughout the year. So that's $6,550 um, that you get to take as an expense. You just, that goes on your tax return as an expense. You do not have to do anything more with that. When you are an S corporation, you must reimburse yourself from the business, taking money out of the business for this mileage log deduction to take effect. So it's basically a reimbursement. Um, so again, with an LLC, you just say, hey, I had $6,500 worth of mileage. It goes on as an expense, but you don't actually have to pay yourself that money. It just goes on there as an expense. With an S corporation, you actually have to take that $6,500 out of the business in order to claim it as an expense. Why is that a big deal? Um, cash flow, right? Because now you're literally taking cash out of the bank in order to claim this expense. So you need to kind of plan for that throughout the year. Um, I don't know that this is the greatest advice, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Um, if cash flow becomes an issue, take a distribution, take one of your distribution checks <laughs> as um, your, your mileage reimbursement, right? And that way you're taking, you know, if you say you're taking a thousand dollars every two weeks out of the business, take that thousand dollars out. And instead of classifying it as a distribution, put it towards your mileage. Um, again, maybe I shouldn't say that on air, but I did. Oops. Um, that's just one thing that we've had some clients be able to kind of do and it's legal. Um, you know, you don't have to take a distribution every two weeks and certain things like that. So I don't think there's really anything wrong with saying that. Um, that's just my caveat in case anybody ever gets in trouble for it. But, um, you know, if you take that out, then that way you're not taking extra cash out of the business. You're still taking the same amount of money out of the company, um, paying yourself anyways, but you're just able to take that as an expense. So just the thought if things are kind of tied on the cash front and you are an S corporation, um, because this can be a, a huge expense for your business, obviously, throughout the year. Another thing, um, let's talk about monthly reimbursement. So again, with the S Corporation, you have to have a complete separation of your finances, right? You're separating your personal lives and business and finances from the business, right? And so any personal purchases that you accidentally make on the business have to be classified as a distribution. Um, the IRS is trying to include some of that possibly on W-2s this year. I haven't heard any updates. I, had, I didn't look into it before recording this episode. Um, but it's something that you need to get away from. If you have purchases that are coming out of your business that are personal, you need to get away from those. Um, get away from it soon because who knows what can change with the IRS guidance and some of that stuff. I, I had heard earlier this year that they were trying to add that on as a taxable um, like expense, which doesn't really make any sense to me. But again, nothing I can do about the IRS. That's just something I'd heard. So if you have personal purchases coming out of the business, get away from that, especially if it's recurring things. Again, accidents are going to happen, but if it's stuff that recurs um, and it's personal, get that out of the business and onto your personal card, bank account, whatever. Um, any purchases that you make personally for your business must be submitted to the business for reimbursement in order to take that expense. Like just like the mileage log, you have to actually take the money out of the company in order to do that. If you're an LLC, if you go to Target and you buy something and you put it on your Target card, technically, 
you can just still put that expense into your business um, and, you know, consider that an expense because everything kind of is together personally, right? Um, I don't like doing that because there becomes a, a liability side of it, right, on the LLC um, that should something ever happen and they find stuff like that, they can kind of justify that, you know, you're not operating correctly. Uh, that's kind of the liability lawyer answer side of things. Um, but technically you can do that. It's not ideal, but you can do that. With an S corporation, you absolutely have to literally transfer money, write a check for whatever that expense was in order to take that as a deduction for the business, right? Um, and I try to as much as I can, if I ever go to the store and I'm getting some stuff for business and personal stuff, I always try to just do two transactions, run the personal stuff, and then, hey, I'm gonna you know do run a second transaction with these three or four things, right? I know we went to Sam's and I needed like some paper and like ink toner and just some of that stuff, but then we also had a lot of food we were buying. So I just, Two, two transactions, right? But if you ever do it together, you have to reimburse yourself for whatever the business stuff was. Again, write yourself a check, log the expense appropriately. The easiest way that I've found to handle this for us, for me personally, is every month at the end of the month, I just kind of do like an expense report, you know, almost like you're an employee somewhere getting reimbursed for expenses. Um, I just sit down do an expense report. I have a Google sheet, shocker for those of you guys that know us. Um, where I just list everything out, you know, hey, here was everything that, that I had paid for personally this month. Um, same thing with the mileage log, I'll put my mileage log in there. So like once a month, I just sit down, write myself a check for whatever my reimbursements are, mileage and any other purchases. Um, just sit down, keep it organized. That way I've got a record of everything. Once a month, I don't have to stop and think, hey, did we do this? Did I not? Just kind of keep it a little bit systematic. So just something to think about on that. Uh, the next thing, business use of home. So this is a big difference between LLCs and S corporations. Um, if you are an LLC, you can claim a business use of home deduction. Um, just again, kind of like the mileage log, you can just put it on your expenses of the business. Um, obviously you have to have a dedicated office space in your house or space that is used for your business in order to claim this deduction. You can't just claim it and then have nothing to back it up. Right. But if you have a home office or a space that you use at your house, you can claim this deduction. Again, it just goes on your expenses of your business at the end of the year. If you're an S corporation, a little bit different. You can still do this. You just have to have what's called an accountable plan. Not going to go into the details on that and Google it. Talk to whoever you work with on, on how to create that and what you need. Um, but again, just like everything else we've talked about, you actually have to reimburse yourself with money from the business in order to take this deduction. So um, again, you're basically operating as an employee inside your company. So any type of things like that, you have to reimburse yourself. When in doubt, reimburse yourself. Um, a couple other things I want to hit on here on the S corporation side of things, just some differences. Um, one tax strategy that we love, uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in next week's episode is hiring your kids, right? Um, I think, you know, it's a great thing to be able to do to not only instill work ethic in them, uh, and, you know, build them as employees or maybe even entrepreneurs or see what it's like, right? But I think there's a lot of tax benefits to it as well. And again, I'll go into some of that a little bit more into next week's episode. But I want to take this opportunity to talk about the difference, again, S corporations versus LLCs. If you are an LLC, um, you can basically pay your kids um, without any additional taxes on top of it. So no employer taxes, there's no FICA, no Medicare, no self-employment, anything like that. Uh, and you can pay them up to the standard deduction um, for them tax-free and still take it as a deduction for your business. So basically you're taking income out of your business or you're taking money out of your business to pay your kids and it's tax-free, income tax-free for them. There's no additional taxes for you. 
Um, and it's kind of a win-win, but your business gets to take the deduction just like any other employee. Um, if you are an S corporation, you do have to pay employer taxes on those wages. So the FICA, Medicare, all that good stuff, you have to pay the employer taxes on whatever wages there, the wages are still income tax free again, up to the standard deduction for your child. But you as a business owner have to pay that extra, you know, 10 to 13%, 15%, um, whatever it is, state by state, county by county on the wages you're paying to them. Um, one way that you can get around this is you can do what's called a management company where, again, this may or may not make sense for a lot of you guys, depending on what the savings are, the headache, the hassle, but just something you can look into. I just want to give you some education on, on what this is, is basically you can start a management company that the S corporation pays to that management company. The management company is an LLC and then the LLC, that management company pays your children. Um, to where it kind of gets around that. Um, again, it's illegal. People do it. Um, but again, it's just another layer of things, another LLC you have to have. Like it, at some point, it may or may not be worth it, right? If you've got one child and you're going to pay them a few thousand dollars this year, not worth dealing with, in my opinion. If you have four kids and you're going to pay them all, eight to $10,000 this year. Well, now you're talking a decent amount of savings that might be worth looking into. Again, Google it, talk to whoever you work with on the tech stuff, see if it makes sense, see what that entails for you specifically. Uh, but just want to kind of give you some education on that. But again, if you're an S corporation paying your child uh, or your kids, you do have to pay employer taxes unless you have something like that set up. Uh, the last thing I want to hit on um, is called the Augusta rule. And this is really justifiable as, as corporations. I don't remember off the top of my head right now. I think you can still do it if you have an LLC. Um, but if for sure, if you, if you are an S corporation, it's just that much more justifiable. Um, there's something called the Augusta rule where you can rent out your personal home tax-free up to 14 days per year. So whether you are charging somebody, you know, rent to come live at your house for a week while you guys are gone, um, you know, whatever. Again, this is where Airbnb, some of those different things can kind of come into play. Um, but you can rent out your personal home up to 14 days per year without claiming any of it as income tax on your taxes. Why am I bringing this up to you? Because if you have a company party for your employees, you hold, you know, you have a, a meeting at your house, you take a day to do something. Uh, you have a client appreciation party or employee appreciation party, right? If you use your home for anything business related, you can actually write yourself a check from the business to yourself personally for whatever like the fair market value rental of your home is in your area, you know, again, you can kind of look at Airbnb, get some comps, um, you know, VRBO, those types of things, get some comps, see what it would look like. And it's a expense and deduction for your business and you can claim it personally, tax-free up to 14 days per year. Now, let me be very clear, don't get carried away with this. Um, and what I mean by that is if you actually are using your home 13 to 15, you know, 13 to 14 days a year for things and it's justifiable and you have pictures and you have proof and everything lines up, do it. It's a great, great tax strategy. If you do one event, but you happen to pay yourself 10 different times throughout the year, um, don't do that again. Don't try to, you know, skate the rules and get around things just do what the tax laws say you can do. Um, take advantage of it if you're using it, but don't over, you know, extend it and put yourself in a liable uh, state. So um, just something to think of. Uh, fun fact for you guys. Um, the name Augusta Rule comes from the Masters. 
down in Augusta, Georgia. Um, that's kind of where the name and this rule came from uh, way back in the day if you do some Google research. So fun, useless fact for you today. Um, so I hope that was helpful for you guys. I know, um, again, I said I wasn't gonna talk too much about taxes, but I, I did. Uh, but I really want you guys to understand because we see a lot of people that are set up as an S corporation and not operating correctly or not doing things correct. So we wanted to kind of take this chance, explain the differences, explain the benefits. If you have questions, reach out to your accountant, attorney, CPA, bookkeeper, whoever you work with, um, to see if this might be a good fit for you. And we'll catch you next week on our second part, all about tax strategies. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.